Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome once again to the CMI School of Christ. And uh, we're going to go ahead and continue with our class, The Great Mercy of God. <clears throat> and uh, just before uh, we continue looking at the passage that we were looking at uh, last last week, last class, uh, concerning Abram, well, concerning Melchizedek appearing to Abram, I uh, I want to just <clears throat> read a couple of things that I jotted down this morning that I was uh, just considering this morning, and uh, I think it would be good just to consider those things. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> if if by chance Otto, you're watching this class, brother, it was a pleasure to meet you, and uh, I pray the Lord bring your heart to the very purpose for which He called you in the first place. I pray that He would just bring you to His expected end. Amen. And uh, we met Brother Otto uh, just the other day. Precious brother in the Lord. Just for the rest to know. And it's very, it's, it's a very beautiful thing, a very precious thing when you, when you meet a believer uh, in whom the Lord has been preparing the ground of their heart, and it's it's something very precious. It's to, to find that uh, Paul put it this way uh, in in I think it was First Corinthians or Second Corinthians. Forgive me. I'm, it's in one of the Corinthian letters. He said, uh, "We are not as many." Um, He's basically saying we are very few, <laughs> but even as we've been looking at it in our in our classes, uh, it is, and I will say this: it is the tender mercy and ever abounding grace of God that, for one, that we ever are born again. And then that we ever come to the very purpose for which our souls were created of God, the appearing of His Son, God Himself revealing His Son in the soul. <clears throat> it, we exist for no other purpose. There's no other purpose for which we exist. Everything we do is only a result of serving the purpose of the Lord in our generation. Everything else is, is a result of serving the purpose of the Lord in our generation. And the only way one can serve the purpose of the Lord is if in the tender mercy and ever-bounding grace of God, by the work of the Holy Spirit, our hearts turn to see the Lord and God Himself reveals His Son in the soul. And the Son stands up in our hearts, in our souls, and declares, I am. And brothers and sisters, this is serving the purpose of the Lord 
for which He created the soul in our generation. It is God the Father revealing His Son in the soul. That is the purpose of the Lord. And we've seen it just with, with, our, um, with our example of Abram. I mean, we don't, we don't have our diagram uh, up right now just because of uh, the notes for this class. But from the very beginning, I mean, think about it. In, in Isaiah, the, there's a verse where Isaiah is saying, the Lord declaring the end from the beginning. The Lord who declares the end from the beginning. And just think about this. Think with Abraham. Uh, Abraham with uh, Acts chapter 7, verses 2 and two through 3. I think where Stephen is addressing all those present. And he said, The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran or Quran, and said, Get thee out of, uh, out of thy... Well, let me go ahead and read it so I don't misquote it. Uh, it says, And said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come into the land which I shall show thee. The only, from, listen to this, from the very beginning, the only expectation that God presented to this one Abraham, Abram at the time, whom we are looking at as a type of one who's newly born again when the God of glory appears. That's new birth. The only expectation he gave to this one was unto a land which I shall show thee. Unto a land which I shall show thee. And please please understand... These, um, these are things that, are, that I wrote down this morning, but it's in my heart. The land that the God of glory shows to Abram is the land that is filled with the glory of God. It is the land that is filled with the presence of God. It is the land that is filled with God Himself. And as Abram's heart turns by the Lord Himself bringing Abram, and he finally comes into the land, he sees the Lord present in the land. He sees the God of glory present in the land. And as he continues in the land, he continues to see the glory of God present in the land. Remember the the declaration in Isaiah chapter 6. The heaven, listen, the heavenly declaration, the eternal declaration, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled, is present tense, currently filled with His glory. And then later on in Habakkuk, we see, we see where, where, where it says, uh, the knowledge, now He brings in the knowledge the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill the earth. 
as the waters cover the sea. And at the moment of new birth, please understand, at the moment, at the very moment of new birth, the God of glory fills the land. The glory of the Lord fills the land because Christ fills the land, fills the soul. Christ is now present and everything else is not. The eternal change, not I, but Christ, happens at the moment of new birth. The Son is present. And in the tender mercy and ever-abounding grace of, of God, as His Holy Spirit, as the Spirit of truth continues preparing the ground of our heart, that our heart would turn unto the Lord, we begin to see the One who's present. And then the knowledge of the glory of the Lord that fills the earth begins to govern us more and more with every appearing of the Lord. And uh, yeah, I, I think you could see it in our in our diagram from our previous one of our previous classes, where there's an appearing the first appearing of the Lord in the land, and then another appearing of the Lord in the land. Well, the glory of the Lord fills the land. We're just ignorant of the glory that fills. We're just ignorant of the one who's present. And that's always it's it's always like that. It's always for whatever. Um, Whatever issue there is in our hearts, whatever issue there is with us, with the body of Christ, it is an issue. What it, what it boils down to, what it comes down to, is it, it is an issue of ignorance of the one who's present. God doesn't have to do anything. He's done it all. The Son has done it all. He declares, it is finished. If you search out that word, it's consummated. Consummated. It is. He doesn't have to do anything else. But listen, it pleases God to reveal His Son. That's what the Apostle Paul said. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, just like Abram, called me by His grace for one purpose, to reveal His Son in me. And now then, everything, everything that the Apostle Paul did, said, Everything that any of the apostles did or said came out from came out from that one that one and ever ongoing appearing of the Lord, that one and ever ongoing revealing of the Son by God. God revealing the Son in the soul of the one who's present. And so then you find, you find Paul saying, giving a statement like this in, in Galatians chapter 2, just declaring, declaring reality, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, the vessel, it's here. But not I the life of the vessel, not I the life, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And him knowing that reality more and more and more, and that reality governing his heart more and more in every appearing of Christ himself.
every single time the God, that God the Father reveals His Son. What is governing the heart of Paul and the rest of the apostles and all those who have come to the purpose for which God created the soul? The automatic result that governs the heart? Not I, but Christ. It's a beautiful... <clears throat> It's a, it's, it's, the whole purpose of God is beautiful. It's the, the reality of Christ who is present is very precious. It is, is, is beyond words. It's beyond comprehension. Um, uh, I'll, I'll just read some of these things that I, that I jotted down. And I want, I want you to think about this in, because I, I, wrote these, I wrote these things down because I, I was thinking about these, some of these things and I'll probably mention just some of the things that I've already said. Uh, but I, I wanted to start off and just mention this. The, the majority will agree when I say this, when I say the following. The majority will agree when I say this that... Uh, that one must be born again. Alright? The majority will have to agree that one must be born again. Uh, <clears throat> think of it this way. Uh, what purpose would it serve if there was a person who attended every single Sunday service, every single Wednesday night service, uh, paid their tithes, tithes was faithful in a, in attendance and giving of tithes and giving of themselves to help here and there the church in whatever manner. What purpose would it serve all doing all these things uh, if the person wasn't even born again? It would serve no purpose. It would just be going through motions. Uh, trying to meet requirements, if you will. Listen, everything of God, everything in the Scripture has one end. To bring unto the person of Christ. To bring unto the person of the Son. Unto, listen, unto the person. The person. See, you, you cannot know a person just by reading about them, though you can acquire knowledge about them. To know a person, you have to meet them face to face. You have to meet them. It's the difference between, between doctrine and reality, between concepts and the truth. Between religion and the Son of God Himself. This scripture declares Christ. That's what Jesus says, They are they that testify of me. But then in verse 40 of John chapter 5, He says, And you will not come to me. The full expectation of the scriptures is to cause our hearts to turn unto the Lord, is to birth an expectation in our hearts to turn unto the Lord. At the very first 
moment that our heart first turns into the Lord, the God of glory appears. Christ Himself, the glory of God, appears in the soul. That's new birth. The purpose of the Scriptures don't change from that point. They don't, they, they don't change to something else. It's the same purpose. The purpose of the Scriptures remain the same. They testify of Christ. So that now, the heart would turn yet once again unto the Lord. And again unto the Lord. And again unto the Lord. I love the way uh, the Lord said this when, when I believe the, the Apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus at the time, was at that moment born again. It's Acts chapter 26, verse 16 uh, from the translation of the Sirk Peshito by James Murdoch. Jesus says this, to, says this to him, I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to constitute thee a minister and a witness of this, thy seeing me and of thy seeing me hereafter. Thy seeing me and of thy seeing me from this moment on hereafter. And that's what it is. It's, it's not a one-time event because the Lord is a person. He's not an event. It's not a, oh, now I've got the message. He's not a message. He's a person that we are continually to be beholding as the Father reveals Him in the heart that is turned to see Him. So, I just wanted to mention that concerning the Scripture, that the the Scriptures serve that purpose. To birth the expectation in our hearts to come to the Lord, to behold the Lord, to turn unto the Lord. All right. Um, now I'll I'll just mention this thing also and um, what good is it these are just things that I jotted down what good is it in all of our reading in all of our studies all of our involvement uh even a desire to, to serve the Lord, uh, what good are all these things if we never come to the purpose for which God initially called us? Now, speaking to those of us who are born again, what good is all of our reading, all of our studying, because we, we search the Scriptures, we study the Scriptures, Uh, all of our uh, involvement uh, with with other believers, with with the church, with the fellowship, um, or even our desire to serve the Lord. What good is all that that goes on if we never come to the purpose for which God initially called us? From the beginning. And remember, it's no different. It's no different than how he declared to Abram. Uh, Stephen, once again, Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. It's no different. It's no different. But then you may be asking, well, 
that's not what I, that's not what I heard when I was first born again. And see, I, I presented that to some Bible school students one time. I asked, is this what you heard when you were first born again? When you first gave your heart to the Lord? When you first uh, confessed your sins and said, Lord, I receive you as my salvation? Or however, however that happened, is this what you heard during that time? And they said, no. And I'll say this, it's not what I heard during, this time, during that time. But why not? Now, let me, let me put it this way. One, a believer, I'll just say a soul, a soul whose heart has come to the purpose for which God created it, will, out of the abundance of the heart, declare no less to all those who are around. If God has revealed His Son in a born-again believer, then all those who come into contact with that born-again believer will hear the purpose for which God created the soul. They will. It's, it is automatic. It is one of the results of God revealing the Son in the soul. It's just an automatic. It's a result of. Now, the reason, I believe, why so many, myself included, did not hear the purpose for which God created the soul when we were first born again is because maybe those who were present had not come themselves in understanding unto the purpose for which God created the soul. It's, it's a very sad thing that is when, when one who's born again doesn't continue on unto the end, the purpose, the goal that God has established. There's a, <clears throat> there's a verse that I know it's further on in my notes, but I'll just go ahead and read it right now. It's uh, Romans 9. And I'll just read this. Romans 9, I'll just start with verse uh, 21. Hath not the, Romans 9, 21. Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? 
and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. It all begins with the mercy of God, brother and sister. Had it not been the tender mercy, never bounding to grace, ever bounding grace of God, Abram would have continued in Ur. Verse 23, And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. Afore, beforehand, from before they were. For one purpose, prepared unto glory. And that's um, one of the things that we'll, we'll probably be looking at here in a second. But prepared unto glory. And see, here's the thing. It's already in the soul. It's already in the heart of man. This expectation of glory. God placed it there. Beforehand. Prepared unto glory. It's, it's of God. This, the, the desire, the expectation there is there. It's of God. He placed it there. The sad thing is, is that we go looking for this glory in our own face. by our own means instead of looking for the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ as God reveals His Son in the soul. I'll tell you what. The Lord, He is doing that which He continues to do, which He has ever done, which He has always done in all generations. He draws whosoever will hearts unto His Son. He continues to do this and He will forever do this. This is the ministry of God. This is what He does. The Spirit is faithful to the Son. The Father is faithful to reveal His Son to the heart, in the heart, in the soul that is turned to see Him. <clears throat> Just like with Abram. Abram, Paul, you can name all of them. Uh, when God appears, He appears with purpose. Unto a land I will show thee. The land that he shows is the land that is filled with the glory of God. Now the land that is filled with the glory of God must now be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. As perfectly as the glory of the Lord fills the land. The, well, okay. Now, with our with our with our with our example of Abram, you're going to say, "Yes, but what about the Canaanites who are in the land, brothers and sisters? You can you can look at you can search it out all you want. Those inhabitants of the land are all of 
are concepts that still govern the land, that still govern us. That's all that is. All these enemies in the land is the mind of man. It is enmity. It's the carnal mind that is enmity. It's everything that sets itself up because of ignorance of the one who's present. That's all it is. And see, that, that, that's, that's the thing. I'll remind you that one of the classes, when Abram went down to Egypt among the dead, And several commentators mentioned that Egypt represents, you know, the passions and all this stuff. Well, when he went down there to try to save his life, here's the situation. At that moment, it was ignorance that was ruling Abram's heart to cause him to do that. Because he was trying, listen, listen to me, Ignorance was reigning at that point in Abram's heart to whatever degree because he was trying to save that which he believed was his life. That which he believed to be the life of all those who were with him. But the Lord is the life. She said, I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the resurrection and the life. So in where does it where does it break down? It breaks down it breaks down on our end because of ignorance of the life that is present. And ignorance of the life that is present is only because of ignorance of the one who is present, the son of God himself. Um, I've got written right here. The land that God shows, I've just said this, is the land that God desires, the land that God shows, the land that God desires to show every single born again believer, everyone who's born again, is the land that is filled with His very own glory. The land that is filled with His very own presence. Remember? Once again, to to Abram. Get out of uh, your country. Out of your land. Forgive me, I've got to to read the passage because I've, I've got the Spanish words in my mind right now at the moment, which is kind of odd. Usually it's the other way around. Uh, and, but still it, it's in Acts chapter 7, uh, verse 3. And, and he said, Men, brethren and fathers, hearken, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abram, Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran, or Quran, or Charan. Depends on how you want to pronounce it. And he said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. There we go. Country and kindred 
and come into the land which I shall show thee, the land that is filled with the Lord himself. But Abram didn't know that at the time. He, remember, he didn't know that. As, it, as we've read in Hebrews, he went out not knowing. Not knowing where he was going. Not knowing what to expect when he got there. Not knowing the results of what would happen when he finally arrived. Not even knowing when he would know when he would arrive. The only expectation that the Lord gave him, the God of glory specifically gave him, was unto a land which I shall show thee. And we all know when Abram finally came to the land, in type, when the heart finally turns to the Lord, the Lord appeared. The land, listen, the land that is purposed for the appearing of the Lord. The land that is filled with the glory of the Lord. And now the heart must come in understanding to be governed by the knowledge of the glory that fills. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, now in this land, to know the one who's present, to know the glory that presently fills it. This, brothers and sisters, is coming to the purpose for which God created the soul. This is coming to the end. This is coming to the goal. It's coming to the expectation of the heavenly calling. Coming to the expectation of the scriptures. Coming to Jesus himself. Alright. <clears throat> Let's see where we are. Okay. Um, but as I stated, um, that this expectation of glory is birthed in our hearts. The Lord placed it there in our heart. He placed it in our soul from before. And the, the sad thing is, as I mentioned, we try to find this glory in our own face. And it will never be found in our, our own face. We try to get glory. Uh, we just look in the wrong place for it. Now, I'll just read some scriptures and you'll know what, I'm, what I mean by that. Listen, we seek glory. We just seek the glory that comes from man as opposed to the glory that comes from God when we see His glory revealed in His Son. That's what it amounts to. <clears throat> ah! Now I have to get my... Bible, because all these verses, if I read them, you would not understand them. <laughs> They're in Spanish. That's why I say that. <clears throat> Let's look at a couple verses here. This is, let's, let's look in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse um, 
Let's start with verse 39 through 44. And, and you've heard me several times. I even quoted it during this class. But I quote this verse a whole lot because as I stated, it is the purpose of the, of the Scriptures. And this is Jesus speaking. Uh, you search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me, the testimony of Jesus Christ, and you will not come to me that you might have life. You'll come to the testimony, not knowing it's the testimony of me, and you will not come to me because the testimony will direct the heart unto me, Jesus himself. Okay. Uh, verse 42. But I, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do you remember uh, our last class with, with Abram and Absalom? Abram seeking the glory of the Lord. The Lord to be glorified. The Lord's name to be remembered. Um, the Lord Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. For Absalom, on the other hand, sought a name for himself. Glory for himself. That his name be remembered. Okay. Here's uh, going on a little further. This is John chapter 8. Uh, we'll start with verse, verse 48. Then, uh, then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast, hast a devil? Uh, verse 49, Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and you do dishonor me. Verse 50, and I seek not mine own glory. There's one that seeketh and judges, judgeth. I seek not mine own glory. All right? Now, going backwards, and I should have written these verses in this order. But this is actually John chapter 7. So we're kind of going back to the previous chapter again. John chapter 7, verse 14 through 18. Now about the midst, um, the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. Uh, and the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, but he who seeks the glory of him who sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Now, please understand, Jesus lived the crucified life. He was governed by not I, but the Father. Uh, there's a passage where, where Jesus said this, 
Uh, the words that I speak, they are not mine. The Father in me doeth the works. Not I, but the Father. See, even Jesus, Jesus laid down His soul life. He, he sought not His own will. The Son, the face of the Son was continually turned to the Father when Jesus of Nazareth walked here on earth. And He declared, it is not I, but the Father. It is not I, but the Father. Please listen. We are not Jesus. We are not Christ. Uh, We are not the anointed Christ. No, 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 no. That's Him. He is in us who are born again. But see, the very exact same thing that governed Jesus will govern the born-again believer. It governed Paul. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I the vessel lives. Yet not I, but Christ in me. This is living the crucified life. This is the crucified life. But, okay, you're thinking, okay, yes, that's what I want. Or, uh, tell me more. Or maybe you may ask, well, how do we do it? How do we live it? Everything, once again, the source of everything that the Apostle Paul did, said, wrote, spoke, everything, the source I call it the hidden source. Was this right here what he declared? But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal his son in me. Everything else is an automatic result of that. Everything else. And that's for the born again, us who are born again. Um <clears throat> Let's see. This is John chapter 12. And see, this is, this is I, I'd say, one of the reasons why it's just so tough with, with the majority. Uh, because, listen, with God it's always one. One faith, one hope, one love, one uh, righteousness, one holiness, one God, one Lord, one Father of all, one temple, one church, one Son, one seed. It's always one with, with, with God. What we end up doing, we, we end up adding to that, and usually we just add ourselves is what happens. But this is John chapter 12. Verse uh, 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. And this is why, verse 43. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Looking for glory in the wrong face.
I want us to that that word praise is Strong's number uh, 1391. And I want to read another verse where that's found. It's in actually I'll do this and find it a whole lot quicker. Twelve forty-three. Yeah, I'm right dead on it. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. It's uh, doxa, 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 something like that in the Greek. Is Strong's number uh, thirteen ninety-one. And there's a couple verses where I want us to look at that. It should make us think. The first one is, they're both in 2 Corinthians, uh, chapter 3, verse 18. For we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. They loved the honor of men more than of God. The praise. It can be seen as honor as well. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be uh, put out of the synagogues, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They loved the glory of man more than the glory of God. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from the glory of man, the glory of the old, to the glory of God, the glory of the new, even by the Spirit of the Lord. The next verse. I can just read on down the line. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in, 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 new, new covenant, in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But these in John chapter 12 were looking for the glory of man, the praise of man. They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They loved the glory of man, of men more than the glory of God. <clears throat> you can read on. Um, this is Second Corinthians chapter 10. Just concerning glory. And, you know, the only reason why, why my thoughts kind of went to this whole... Uh, these whole passages with glory is just with uh, Melchizedek. 
when Melchizedek appears, he declares who who does, who doesn't, who did, who did not. God, Almighty Creator of heaven and earth, hath done this. And that's what governs the heart of Abram. I did not do this. I can't receive credit for this. I can't receive glory for this. The glory is the Lord's. He hath done this. All right. Second um, Corinthians chapter 10, verse, uh, <clears throat> verse 17 through 18. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 17 through 18. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. And I just looked at that, uh, that word. Let me go ahead and just look it up here. <clears throat> it was second, second Corinthians 10, starting with verse 17. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth, Mark it here. Himself is approved. But whom the Lord commendeth. And I looked at that word approved, and uh, this is this is the Thayer's. Greek uh, New Testament lexicon. It says basically this. It says uh, in its Strong's number uh, 1384 for the term approved. It says properly accepted, particularly of coins and metals. And it gives some references. Uh, It says uh, in the New Testament, one who is tried, who is of tried faith and integrity. That was definition number one. Uh, Definition number two is accepted, equivalent to acceptable, pleasing. Who is this one who is acceptable unto God? Who is this one who is pleasing unto God? His very son. None else. None else. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not... For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. All right, this is uh, this is this is the Thayer's from the online Bible now, and there's a little passage after it gives the definitions, and it says this: in in the ancient world there was a no banking system as we know it today, and uh, no paper money. All money was made from metal, uh, heated until liquid, poured into molds, and allowed to cool. When the coins were cooled, it was necessary to smooth off the uneven edges. The coins were uh, comparatively soft and, of course, many people shaved them closely. In one century, more than 80 laws were passed in Athens to stop the practice of shaving down the coins then in circulation. But some money changers were men of integrity who would accept no counterfeit money. They were men of honor who put only genuine fool weighted money into circulation. Such men were called 
dokimos, dokimos, or approved. And that was by uh, Donald uh, Barnhouse that mentioned that. But even with this, the Lord will always approve of His Son. Always. Always. The Son seeks not His own glory, but the glory of the One who sent Him. When, with our study with Abram, when the heart of the one who is born again finally comes to the purpose for which God called them from the beginning unto a land I will show thee, they will see the glory of the Lord that fills the land. And that knowledge will begin to grow and govern their hearts. It's the knowledge of the Lord. the knowledge of the glory of the Lord in the face of Jesus Christ as God the Father continues revealing His Son. When the Father reveals His Son, you know whose glory it is. I know I'm not saying it right. When the Father reveals His Son, there is no doubt of the glory that is present. And it's not your glory. It's not the glory of man. It's the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And from that moment on, and continuing, ever growing, and governing the heart, is the glory, is the Lord's. It is a continual, not I, but Christ, who is present. Not I, but the Lord. Not I, but the Lord. And the Lord approves His Son. Forgive me, I know I'm not saying it right. Um, or I'm not, I, I'm trying to say it, and I know I'm not conveying it as it's in my heart to convey. Um, I'll just I'll just read read these other comments and maybe it, it'll it'll help just make more sense. This is uh, in that Second Corinthians chapter ten verse seventeen and eighteen uh, that we read, where Paul Paul says this: "But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For he that commendeth himself is uh, for not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth." This is the ancient Christian commentary. And uh, this is Ambrosiester. It's under uh, By the Lord's Favor, the the subtitle By the Lord's Favor, Boasting of the Lord by the Lord's Favor uh, by Ambrosiester. Ambrosiester. Forgive me for not being able to pronounce it right. But this is just... uh, a portion of what he says here says, Someone who has confidence in the power of the gospel has confidence in the God who enables it. Thus, God is glorified by all godly work. A person who has not received power from God cannot glory in the Lord because he is seeking his own glory. 
there is a knowledge that the work, the thing being done is not my thing. The thing done is, I have not done it. The same thing that governed Abram. This victory is not by my hand, but the Lord hath wrought the victory. Therefore, I can receive nothing. I can receive no glory of this. No. The Lord Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. I've lifted up my hand to the Lord God Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. Do you see? Abram knows without doubt the Lord hath done. The Lord hath performed. So then how can Abram receive any glory from it? No, I did not. I did not. I did not. It's the Lord. The Lord hath done it. And I love the way it says it right there. Um, someone who has confidence in the power of the gospel has confidence in the God who enables it. Thus, God is glorified by all godly work. A person who has not received power from God cannot glory in the Lord because he is seeking his own glory. It's still his power and not the power of the Lord. It's obvious to the one in whom Christ is revealed who is present and who then thus is working the work. Not I, but Christ. It's obvious who is living, not I, but Christ who liveth in me. Here's another uh, passage. This is Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. And forgive me, I know I'm going a little late here. Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his, his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this. If you're going to glory, glory in this. That I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness. Ah, forgive me. I just skipped a verse. But let him that glory glorieth, glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. And you cannot say, I did this by my own hand. No. You glory in the Lord and His tender mercy and ever abounding grace that you are knowing Him because He's being revealed of the Father. That I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. And then here's once again the ancient Christian commentary on this. Uh, this is Augustine. And I, I, I love this. Uh, this is under the, under the title, God Turns Us to Him. Augustine. Our turning away from God is our own act. And this is evil will. Our turning away from God is our own act. This is basically what we do. Um, but our turning to God is not possible except He rouses and helps us, and this is goodwill. What do we have that we have not received? But if we received, why do we glory as if we have not received? Therefore, he that glories must glory in the Lord. And it goes uh, on to say it's basically from the on the merits and. Uh, and forgiveness of sins and of infant baptism. But I want to look at a verse here that 
he mentions, and it's First uh, Corinthians chapter one, verse thirty, thirty-one. But we'll read verse thirty. And this is once again the Apostle Paul. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God, who of God, is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. That according as it as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. All things in the person of his Son. What did you do to gain to be righteous? No. You didn't do anything so you could be righteousness. Christ is your righteousness. Where do you have the glory? In the Lord. It's not my righteousness. It's not I but the Lord. It's not I but Christ. Sanctification. Redemption. Wisdom. Not my wisdom, but the wisdom of God, Christ Himself. Not my righteousness, but the righteousness of God, Christ Himself. Not my sanctification, but the sanctification of God, Christ Himself. Not my redemption, but the redemption of God, Christ Himself. Everything is the person of Christ Himself. And it's all coming as the heart comes to see, comes to the expected end, comes to the purpose for which it was created of God. To behold the land that is filled with His glory. So, uh, forgive me for going late and kind of back and forth with these passages, but it's all there from beginning to end. The Lord calls us from the beginning with one purpose. Unto a land I will show thee. Unto a land I will show thee. Unto a land I will show thee. And he shows himself in the land. So may we just continue presenting our heart to the Lord that he would keep preparing the ground of our heart for this one expected end, for this one expectation. The one who appears in the land. Amen? Amen. So uh, we'll end for this class. We'll see you in our next class. The Lord bless. Amen.